Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Friday, July 23rd, 2021, and uh, today we're going to be doing some catechesis, well, continuing in the book of Acts, now in Acts 24, with Paul appearing before Felix, the governor. Come to you each morning at about 9 a.m., Monday through Saturday, and then of course Sunday at 9.30 a.m. for divine service. You can gather here in person uh, or streamed online. Uh, By the way, in case uh, you are one of our members, just going to start to remind you uh, so that (laughs) it's in your mind. Uh, The last Sunday of this month, of August, I should say, the last Sunday of August, we're going to move our Sunday morning service time to 9 a.m. as well. This is to better facilitate uh, Bible class and Sunday school, mostly so that um, the children aren't in Sunday school too close to lunchtime, right? So that allows them to be out at about 1130, uh, allows everyone to be about their day as well, um, if need be, if they need to travel or whatnot. So uh, nine o'clock come August, I believe 29th is the Sunday, if I remember correct. We can look here. Yeah, August 29th. All right, so make make plans. Um, to get moving a little bit quicker on Sunday morning. Good. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's say our memory verse together. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6, verse 23. Let's say it one more time. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6, verse 23. And we pray our psalm, Psalm 119, beginning in one, verse 113. Say it with me. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield, I hope, in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live, and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe, and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross, therefore I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Give your servant a pledge of good, let let not the insolent oppress me. My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love, and teach me your statutes. I am your servant, give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. 
It is time for the Lord to act, for your law has been broken. Therefore I love your commandments, above gold, above fine gold. Therefore I consider all your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right. That's closing up a few things here that are unnecessarily open. All right. Good. Our first reading today is continuation of St. Paul's letter to the Church of Rome, chapter 14. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord. For he gives God thanks, and he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and give, gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and rose again and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Therefore let us not judge one another any more, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. All right. Now, the first verse is the key to understanding the rest of this uh, chapter, really, indeed. And what really, um, all of the exhortation or the admonition of this portion of the book began really back in chapter, really chapter 9, um, but especially kind of ramped up in chapter 12 and 13. Here, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. All right. Now, doubtful things, this is what uh, our Lutheran confessions call, uh, from the Latin, adiaphora. That is, um, disputed things, indifferent things, things that are neither commanded nor forbidden by God, right? Um, to judge over those matters is uh, what really unnecessary, right? And so that includes things in here like feast days. You saw he mentioned that day, one day above another. Um, so some churches maybe don't celebrate uh, the ascension on the day or epiphany on the day and, and rather transfer it to the weekend or don't even recognize it at all. We're not necessarily to judge them over that. Uh, the judgment, the stumbling block that is the cause of offense is, are not these indifferent matters, but it's rather the preaching of the gospel of Christ Jesus. Right? If, you, if you are going to cause offense, let it be for the free forgiveness that you have in Christ Jesus, right? which can offend people actually who refuse to acknowledge their sin or refuse to be forgiven um, as a result. All right, So let that be the stumbling block, uh, not, not these indifferent matters about diet 
um, or um, church practices, uh, the ways that the faith is uh, lived out in one congregation versus another. Let it be over the doctrine itself, uh, to think more contextually. Rather, what Paul actually outlined in Romans chapters 1 through 8, <laughs> let that be the stumbling block, um, not these indifferent matters. So, wise counsel from Paul. Good. Let's uh, read from Acts 24, continue there uh, for our catechesis this morning. Now, after five days, Ananias, the high priest, came down with the elders and a certain orator named Tertullus. These gave evidence to the governor against Paul. And when he was called upon, Tertullus began his accusation, saying, Seeing that through you we enjoy great peace and prosperity is being brought to this nation by your foresight, we accept it always and in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness. Okay, I don't need to use the voice. Nevertheless, not to be tedious to you any further, I beg you to hear by your courtesy a few words from us. For we have found this man a plague, a creator of dissension among all the Jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, and we seized him and wanted to judge him according to our law. But the commander Lysias came by and with great violence took him out of our hands, commanding his accusers to come to you. By examining him yourself, you may ascertain all these things of which we accuse him. And the Jews also assented, maintaining that these things were so. Then Paul, after the governor had nodded to him to speak, answered, Inasmuch as I know that you have been for many years a judge of this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself, because you may ascertain that it is no more than twelve days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with anyone, nor inciting the crowd, either in the synagogues or in the city, nor can they prove the things of which they now accuse me, But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and the prophets. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. Now, after many days I came to bring alms and offerings to my nation in the midst of which some Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with a mob nor with tumult. They ought to have been here before you to object if they had anything against me. Or else, let those who are here themselves say if they found any wrongdoing in me while I stood before the council, unless it is for this one statement which I cried out, standing among them, concerning the resurrection of the dead, I am being judged by you this day. But when Felix heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, he adjourned the proceedings and said, When Lysias the commander comes down, I will make a decision on your case. So he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty and told him not to forbid any of his friends to provide for or visit him. All right. Now after five days, Paul has been waiting in Caesarea, remember? Uh, he was taken there by Lysias and the 200 uh, soldiers, go, you know, governed by the two centurions and the uh, 200 swordsmen and the 70 horsemen and all of that, right? Okay, so after five days, who came to give 
evidence against Paul. We have Ananias, the high priest, who we met before, the elders, and then they have a spokesperson, an orator named Tertullus, a Roman orator, presumably. All right, now, what, how did Tertullus begin his accusation? I know, I had to use a voice, because it's just something else, isn't it? Yeah, with flattery, really, right? He thanked Felix for granting peace and increasing prosperity. You're such a great guy. Um, this is good oration anyway. Especially if you're going to have something, you know, you want to uh, convince someone of something, it's good to uh, buffer it a little bit with some flattery, right? Mom, you're the best. Before you ask, right? Okay. Um, what did he say of Paul? Verse 5 here. Look at that. That he was a plague upon the people and a creator of dissension, a ringleader of dissension among the Jews, right? Uh, the group that he says he belonged to there is the sect of the Nazarenes. Interesting name for it. What did he say Paul attempted to do? Right here in verse 6, right? To profane the temple. And what accusation was made against Lysias, the commander? That's interesting, right? Yeah, that he had interfered uh, with their judgment. They were ascertaining, judging him according to their laws. And then Lysias came and took him with great violence, right? So he's there at, this orator is accusing Lysias of being. Well, operating outside the law. How does Paul begin his address? Um, he says the, he was pleased to answer for himself before, before um, Felix, right? Because he had been a judge for the nation for many years. In other words, he kind of knows how things happen, how things operate. It's not really uh, buttering him up at all, though. Notice that. How does Paul contradict Tertullus's accusation? Verse 12, right? He was not disputing with anyone or inciting the crowd anywhere. Right? That doesn't mean the crowds aren't incited, but it's not by Paul. It's rather by the message he preaches, I suppose. Notice, though, what he says about the message he preaches. Right? He doesn't, uh, this is not supersessionism, as it's called in the theological circles, where the Old Testament is rejected, the scriptures are rejected, the faith of the fathers, right? But rather, Jesus is the fulfillment of the faith of the fathers. And and we confess that faith with them. All right? So you notice how he says it, right? He worships the God of our fathers, same God, um, according, here's the key, according to the way, according to Jesus, believing that all things written in the law and the prophets, key as well, key as well, right? But of course, what does he believe about everything written in the law and the prophets? They testify of Jesus, right? Uh, that's uh, what Jesus himself said on uh, the road to Emmaus. Remember back in Luke 24. Let's see if I can get there. Yeah, when he says to, uh, to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Right? And then later they remark. Uh, or no, actually, he uh, tells the rest of the disciples at his ascension, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So that's 
That's what it, it's me, what uh, Luke means here by according to the way. According to the way. Uh, what's Paul's hope in God in particular? Right here in verse 5. This is his confession. Yeah, I hope that there will be the resurrection of the dead of both the just and the unjust. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in Christian congregations, even our own Lutheran churches, the resurrection of the body uh, has been, or had been, really quite set aside, um, at least in my own experience. Everything was about your best life now, um, how to live now, um, or a future life in heaven. Um, but even the future life in heaven, uh, I don't recall, well, apart from the creed, of course, that um, this confession of the new heavens and the new earth, where we, be, we will be resurrected in the body, judged by Christ, right? Judged not guilty for the sake of his forgiveness, um, and to live as human beings, body, soul, spirit, as we do now, uh, only without sin in the resurrection. So uh, I think it's a key emphasis that that's what Paul makes here. He doesn't even use the, the, the name of Jesus, does he? Just speaks of the way and speaks of the resurrection of the body. Uh, of course, that connects us directly to the life of Christ, the one who rose from the dead and whom we, in whom we have resurrection. Okay, very good. Um, of course, what does his hope in the resurrection then lead Paul to do, according to verse 16 here? He says what he says for the sake of conscience, that he not give offense toward God and men. Another, what's another way of saying this? Striving to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. Well, this is exactly what uh, Luther has us pray in the post-communion collect, which is the, why it's uh, my preferred, and it's also the one that we almost consistently do, which is that, we, that the sacrament would increase in us faith toward God and love toward one another, right? Love toward the neighbor. So he lives in faith toward God and in love toward his neighbor, right? Of course, we have to define love. Uh, people think it's lovely to cause offense unnecessarily, or it's lovely um, to not speak the truth um, in times when it's called upon or called for. All right, anyway. Uh, why had Paul returned to Jerusalem? Wow, he's making a great case for himself, isn't he? He was there to bring alms and offerings to the nation. You remember uh, because of the famine. Now, why was Paul, why Paul, or excuse me, I may ask this differently. Was Paul inciting trouble uh, or surrounding, surrounded by a crowd when the Jews from Asia found him in the temple? Right? He says that he was purified in the temple. Maybe you remember that. There was neither a mob nor a tumult until the Jews from Asia came. That's the key, right? So who's the one inciting the riot? All right. If you remember, this is back in Acts 21. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, Paul took the men. And the next day, having been purified with them, remember these men, these were the, um, the ones who took a Nazarite vow, actually, they shaved their heads and whatnot, yeah, entered the temple to announce, it was only five men, uh, announced the expiration of the days of purification, at which time an offering should be made for each one of them. Now, when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help this man who teaches all men everywhere against the people, the law, and this place. And furthermore, he has also brought Greeks into the temple and defiled this holy place. All right. So who was it that incited the riot? Yes, there you go. Uh, it was these Jews from Asia. What does Paul then insist? 
Yet his accusers should be there if they have anything against him, these Jews from Asia. Instead, who do we have? Ananias, the high priest, um, some elders, and of course, the uh, spokesperson, the orator, Tertullus. So what does Paul say caused the real problem in the council? The statement, right? Which we, we said was pretty clever. Concerning the resurrection of the dead, I am being judged by you this day. That was the right, Paul taking advantage of the conflict between the um, Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? Um, now, an interesting note here from uh, St. Luke in regards to Felix, right? It says that he has a more accurate knowledge of the way, meaning he's done some investigation into who these Christians are. Hmm. Well, know your people, right? If you're going to rule over them, you best understand their uh, rights, their traditions, their religious practices, their faith. When did he promise a decision? Verse 22, when Lysias the commander comes down, right? And the order given to regarding Paul, which kind of indicates what the uh, verdict might be. Yeah, he was granted liberty or freedom, and his friends could come and visit and provide for him. So, in a sense, he's under house arrest. Um, this is uh, quite interesting. He makes his case, and he's um, given his freedom until you know until the uh, the charges are finalized and the verdict comes. Right, the decision. Uh, this is quite unlike those uh, folks that were in the Capitol and walked the hallowed halls on a cold day in January, who are being held uh, without trial, um, often without representation, um, and in humane conditions, which, as we can see here, um, even under Roman law would be um, considered criminal to treat a, a citizen in such a way. Uh, and for which reason, um, I urge you, <laughs> um, for out of love for your neighbor, to, to contact um, state, state and national uh, representatives uh, to make advocacy on behalf of those being held unjustly, all right, um, without, without trial um, and in inhumane conditions, all right, out of love for your neighbor, regardless of, of their guilt. Good. Uh, meditation on the text. Paul, Paul's wait of five days reminds us that he was indeed the preacher of the one who fulfilled the law and the prophets, Christ Jesus. The sect was not those who followed Jesus of Nazareth, but those who departed from the way of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who had longed for the day of the Lord's coming. The fathers had placed their hope in the resurrection just as Paul did. Paul's hope in the face of arrest and possible death trusts in the Lord who had been raised again on the third day. The Lord who stands at his side is not someone he is trying to understand and develop a faith about. But he is the Lord who came in the flesh and swallowed up the power of death in his resurrection. Paul came to bring alms and offerings to his nation as the Lord himself had come as the greatest offering for his people. When they reject Paul's preaching, the Lord himself will destroy the temple and the nation. All right, so you note there, um, as I've pointed out to you before, confession um, by projection, right? They accuse Paul of being of a sect that is a, a schismatic. Um, break away um, of the church, but rather they're the ones who have actually broken off from the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as Jesus himself said, and they are the sect of unbelievers. So be careful who you point the finger at, right? How many fingers point back at you, as, as the expression goes?
All right, let's confess the sacrament of the altar. What is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. Where is this written? The holy evangelists Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. What is the benefit of this eating and drinking? These words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, show us that in the sacrament, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, by your own words, you have instituted the Lord's Supper, teaching us to believe that it is your true body and blood under the bread and wine for us Christians to eat and to drink. We give thanks to you for this precious gift. Give us true faith in your words that we might receive your body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation as you have promised. In your holy name we pray. Amen. On this Friday we pray for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for its spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted, and for the sick and dying. We pray also with uh, Jackie who celebrates her baptism. We continue to rejoice with Tyler and Elizabeth at their uh, marriage. Pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, Janice, Sandy, and Ken. Our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis and Janice, and Mickey. The missions and mercy work of the church, especially Compassion International. We pray in intercession for preservation and increase of faith, as well as for our sister congregations of the circuit. We pray for those who are grieving, especially Jim, the death of his brother Roy. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the Collect of the Week. O God, whose never-failing providence orders all things both in heaven and earth, we humbly implore you to put away from us all hurtful things, and to give us those things that are profitable for us, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, let's sing our hymn for this week. Sing praise to God, the highest good.
sing praise to God, the highest good, the author of creation, the God of love who understood our need for His salvation. With healing all our souls He fills, and every faithless murmur stills. To God all praise and glory. What God's almighty power has made, in mercy he is keeping. By morning glow or evening shade, his eye is never sleeping. In the kingdom of his mind, Savior, saw helplessness and came with peace to cheer us. For this we thank and praise the Lord, who is my one and all adored. To God all praise and glory. shall forsake his flock, his chosen generation. He is their refuge and their rock, their peace and their salvation. As with a mother's tender hand, he leads his own, his chosen hand. To God all praise and glory. All who confess Christ's holy name, give God the praise and glory. Let all who know his power Every idol from its throne, for God is God and He alone. To God all praise and glory. All right, what a hymn. So that concludes our congregation of prayer for today, Friday, July 23rd, 2021. Good to have you with us all here today. I see you checking in in the chat. Grace, Gus and Eileen, Karen, Don, and Karen, and all else who watch later in the day. 
Lord be with you, keep you safe, uh, bless you, um, try to keep you a little cool. Huh? I'm going to work here in the morning, and uh, once it gets too hot to work, then I'll have to go elsewhere. <laughs> Maybe come back in the evening. All right. So, uh, Lord be with you all again, and we'll see you tomorrow.